The Book Thingo podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and reading lists. This is episode 49 featuring Gabby and Reedy Bremer in Sydney. Book Thingo would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We also acknowledge the contributions of Aboriginal Australians to our shared literary heritage. Welcome to the Book Thingo podcast, talking about books we love, especially romance. Kill a fairy fast on the Book Thingo podcast. Hello and welcome to the first Book Thingo podcast episode for 2018. I'm Kat Mayo from bookthingo.com.au, an Aussie blog for romance readers. I can't think of a better way to start the year than with fellow bloggers Rudy and Gabby. Unlike previous conversations, this time we managed to actually focus on books. You can find information on the titles and authors we talk about in this episode by going to bookthingo.com.au slash podcast and clicking on episode number 49. I haven't read anything in the last, I can't even remember, because I'm so busy at work. I'm actually so happy that it's also you, but I read a book today. I read a book today. What did you read? I read The Alicia Rye. I'm literally making my way through the list, number one to number whatever you said, like 36 (laughs) or something. 17. I'm going to read them all. (laughs) Damn it. Can you make it 36? I can make it longer. 17 is only going to get me No, I know. I mean, in fairness, one of them is a recommendation for a trilogy. So I sent Gabby a list of books that she should read because, Gabby, what did you say to me? You were... (laughs) I was like, I can't remember. You were like, let me know what your recs are, guys, because I'm going to read a book a, a day. A book a day. No, yes. And you know what? I've stuck to it already. It's one day in. It's I'm, I'm free. I'm not working. And I'm going to read one book a day. Yeah. So we should read one. out the list so that people who oh, want a list of great recommendations. Do you have it? Well, yeah, I do. The first book that I read today, so I feel like it's actually quite good that you put her up the top of the list. It was Alicia Rye. Alicia Rye, Hate to Want You. Mm. That's pretty good. This is her first Avon published book. Yeah. And so I was really excited. I love this book. I love it so much. That got so much good press. Like, it got a press, lot of good I buzz. Mean, like, Twitter, because <laughs> that's my press. Well, see, she does have a really good group of author friends who, like, there is that group that really mm. promote each other and they do really, really well in talking about each other's books and making you want to buy those books. So they're pretty convincing. But you know what? I was pretty pretty pleased you know what I have to say coming back after such a long time of not reading I was like oh no am I not going to be convinced by the prose anymore and I am I going to be a little bit weirded out by the fact that she's used the phrase warm globes twice in three pages (laughs) one referring to her butt and the other referring to her boobs like (laughs) that did throw me for a little bit but I got in I got back into it pretty quickly I was pretty happy with it yeah Nice. So did you go to second on the list, which is Wrong to Need You, which I believe is the It's the second second book. It's a trilogy, I think. Um, And so this is the second book and it literally came out December this year. Oh, really? It's that fresh? It's very, yeah. I haven't got to it yet because I've got a shorter list, which is pretty much the start of this list of books that came out very recently that I have not had time to read, but I trust and believe in these authors. So I put them on your list and just well, figured I'd wing it. I did just spend $18 on books already, but that's fine. That's fine. The second book, I didn't even hesitate because I do trust you a lot. So, like, isn't that a compliment to say well, that I trust you that much that I'm going to buy It absolutely is. These but books? It, I mean, I do also give you heads up when I think you're not going to like something. It's true. And you are pretty accurate. You do know my taste quite well. But Wrong to Need You, I'm actually really excited about reading because it opens up in a really kind of cool way because she did something pretty cool in the first one where she made the hero this like like they have this incredible need for sweet foods which was really cute I thought that was sweet yeah. and then at the um when he was talking about uh how he didn't really like getting head from other women because it made him really vulnerable I thought that was really nice to hear that because usually it's just like yeah give it to me blowjob amazing <laughs> where he was just like no actually you are the only woman to give me a blowjob because you make me feel vulnerable and I can't handle it I was like Sweet. Um, but Wrong to Need You seems to be setting up a similar kind of cool thing with the yeah. heroine being really um, – And because it's his really sister, right? It's the, it's the sister of the previous hero? Not his sister. His sister-in-law. Oh. Like, oh, no, no, yeah. you're right. No, because I was – I think the third book is his actual sister. Jackson. Jackson's twin sister was the her- heroine of the first book. No, I'm going with the hero. 
No. The hero sister, E. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, you're talking yeah. about the hero. Yes. It so, would help if we use names. I know. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Is Eve the heroine of the third book? That's my understanding. Okay, that's cool. Because the second book is Jackson, who is, oh my God, what's her name? Livy's twin. He's Livy's twin and he, his heroine is Sadia. Yeah. Which I'm into. I'm really I interested love. in her. Is she Is she Pakistani? I think so. It's been a while since I've read it. But yeah, I, I mean, I remember her being... Brown. Yeah. Which... But like also, like I remember her being brown from like that general area. But mm. I, I might be... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Hopefully <laughs> I'll find out more in this book. The... If we were more dil- diligent podcasters, we would research it and then like re-record it. But I've let's using... just keep going. Yeah, I've been using <laughs> my Shut the fuck up and cutting that out. <laughs> I know she just insulted Please your don't. Please don't. Like, you actually like shit on our lack of knowledge right now. That's really okay, rude. Don't, you don't highlight it. Yeah. I know. Shut I know, up. You suggested Seared by Suleika Snyder. Yeah. This is another one that is very recently out, like actually days ago. <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw it. I, when I'm it really came out, well. I saw the tweets coming out. What I'm what's really interesting about it is that when Suleika started because she started writing it quite a while ago. And she was taking the piss out of that sort of surge of um, stepbrother, stepsister, like um, oh, wow. erotica. Oh, wow. And then sort of as she got into it, started to be like, do you know what? This isn't this isn't a parody and this isn't taking the piss. I'm going to do this for real. And so it's um, one of, I think it's the hero is a chef, which is the other reason that I recommended it to you. Because I know I you love, love that. God, I'm so happy that you know me so well. <laughs> and I mean, because I've I've read a lot of um, Saleka's short stories and um, and shorter works, and I really enjoy the way that she writes. And so I'm I'm kind of keen to see something that's a bit well, that's more substantial. Yeah. Well, at this rate, I'll have it read by Monday. Look, so. I, you're going to be ahead <laughs> of me. You're going so fast <laughs> through this list. Well, no, that's. It's only been one book so far, but it did only take me like four hours to read it. So I am hopeful. I am really hopeful. Is it a short book or did you just read? I mean, it's a normal, just, like, like novel length. Really? I think I'm just a fast reader. I've always been a fast reader. Okay. Like, you too, though, right? You at one, were you ever reading a book a day? one at four. Yeah, well, mm. but they would be Mills and Boons probably. Oh, really? Were you oh, no, you? I'm with you. Yeah. I, I can finish like a, a, book a, a standard. Yeah, yeah. I can do that in a I day. I used to, but now I read every word. I don't know why my reading habits have changed. I uh, feel like I read every word. I don't. I no? definitely don't. No. And I that's why I miss some lot. shit. And you have to remind me and be like, hey, did you realize that this hero was from a motorcycle gang? And I'm like, oh, no, I missed that in my skim reading. Well, the terrible thing is I read every word, but I still miss all that stuff. And I can't remember anyone's name. <laughs> At least you're attempting to be cerebral about it. Like you're attempting to absorb it. Um, you've got the next few are pretty pretty solid because they're all featuring Alyssa Cole. <laughs> they're, all like the same, they're like all the same author friends. I know. People. But you know what? They do. That group of authors are really, really good. Have you got Rebecca Weatherspoon on here? I haven't. You because, fucking tool. No, Why? it's because, okay, because this list is for you. Yes. And I wasn't sure that you would be as into her two newest books, oh, really? which are the um, Beards and Bondage um, series. Because I really loved the first one and I somewhat struggled with the second one. But the reason I struggled with the second one was kind of nitpicky. And also just the the first few scenes are a little bit too visceral. Like in both books, there's um, an element of like surviving a murder. Each heroine survives. Dear Jesus. (laughs) Survives an attempted murder. Yeah, that doesn't sound appealing to me. That's why she didn't put it in the first 17 on the list. Because I was like, Rebecca Weatherspoon has been like a total hit for me every single time. But wow, thank you for knowing. Again, thank you for knowing me so well. I mean, the the very first one, one thing that I do really love about that, the heroine in that book, she considers herself kind of the mother of her friendship group. And so she really doesn't want to lean on. No, sorry. This is the heroine from the second book considers herself. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what's really Shit. reassuring is that you are human as well. Like, you do not have this Excel spreadsheet in your mind where I it is completely... I do sometimes, but yes, it's you not do, working but not all... today. Good, good. You're human. It's just Thank buffering. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so the, her- the heroine in the second book, which is Sanctuary, she considers herself kind of the mother of the group and she doesn't really want to rely on... Or, or even kind of put anybody out, she holds back 
a lot of the information and a lot of the trauma that she's dealing with actually sort of over identified with that because I I do the same thing like I don't bother to tell people when I'm having problems and I insist on dealing with it myself and then sort of am surprised when that doesn't work yeah so I, I there's there was something really nice about that dynamic and the one person she does rely on is the hero who is like he's the brother of a colleague at work and it's all kind of convoluted but the the two heroines from both books are connected and it's it's for fans of my favorite murder you can tell that oh, really? Rebecca Weatherspoon is a fan of that podcast mm. and in fact she actually thanks Georgia and Karen in the second book wow like in the acknowledgements and it was one of those i was like oh yeah that makes sense the romance sounds really good so i might check it out because she is pretty amazing but let's Mm. go i'll I'll work okay yes first so you've put hamilton's battalion which is definitely going to be for me since i love hamilton and i love all of these authors rose lerner who is a queen she has a book out recently doesn't she she's doing a lot of re-releases so it's it's um books that were previously published by sam Hain. Is that how you say it? It's Halloween. <laughs> oh my god, really? No, I think I don't know. I say Gwyneth, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> I can't that will do it always anymore. and forever be my favourite. <laughs> Gwyneth. <laughs> I can't. Okay, Just so I think, amazing. I think, the, I think the publishing company was called Samhain because it was bastardised. But I think whenever I used to read those Nora Roberts books, mm. they were always Samhain. <laughs> Anyway, so she, she, I think she's recently got the rights back to a lot of those books and she's starting to republish them independently. Yeah. So kind of if, if you are a Rose Lerner fan, just double check that it's, that it's not something you already have. I've done that so many times. And because uh, the the covers that she's releasing are stunning. Like they're they're really lovely. Yeah. She's, she's done sort of a rebranding of everything. Um, Yeah. But this digital version doesn't. Well. But the story in this, in Hamilton's Battalion, is brand new. And it's, all three stories are, I mean, they've been influenced by Hamilton the musical. And so they've they've written, they've written romances about people, fictional people connected to Hamilton in some way. Okay. Um, and And the sort of setup is that Eliza is collecting stories after, I think after Hamilton has died. Um, she she's collecting the who stories lives, about who tells our story about him and his Amazing. his work and his life, and so these three stories are ones that she's collected. Okay, and in fact, the the Courtney Malum one that's in this is the one that she did the reading of at Ara, and that she sort of a little bit talks about on the podcast episode we did with her. Amazing. Did you, have you read this? Kat? Cross promo. Not yet. I haven't read anything. <laughs> Touche. You haven't read anything. What was the last, What was the last book that you read? Actually, I. The last book I read was a historical called My Lady Governess by Elise Clark. Is that on my list? I No. It's... I think she's a debut author and her book comes out um, through Escape in January. But I really wanted a historical, like a Regency historical that has familiar tropes. And Kate was like, remember when I emailed you about this book? I was like, okay, I'm going to read it. And it was really good. Was it? Yeah, it was a little bit. The writing was a little bit rough in some um, parts, just a just a tiny bit of polish sort of lacking, yeah. but overall I enjoyed it a lot. Like okay. it was fun. What, what are the tropes? Oh my God. This wasn't no judgment. This is a safe. <laughs> no, you said you, you wanted familiar tropes. Was it so specific he, he's, ones? He's sort of like a very snooty upper class um, hero. And she is a governess who, spoiler alert. Um, I hate spoilers. Okay, well, I won't tell no, you. No, tell me, tell me. <laughs> so I have to, you have to. She's not what she seems, but it's pretty clear in the beginning that she, because she's in disguise, so obviously she's hiding something. What is she hiding? Well, you I don't mean, want spoilers. No, but now I, no, I need, but also, it's, <laughs> I hate cliffhangers worse than I hate spoilers. <laughs> I mean, you've read enough Regencies to know that she's, she's probably not. No, no, no. It's not a political thriller. It's, it's like. She's his sister. Oh, God, oh, no. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Anyway, so she, she's running away from something and she's in disguise and he, um, he is a target for matchmaking mamas. So he's in this sort of house party. He's very like snooty, very, um, but the, the, the matchmaking mama doesn't really care about that. He's Mm. got like 
however many thousands of pounds a year or whatever. So they... 15,000 a year. So they get him drunk. He apparently can't um, drink yeah. gin because <laughs> when he drinks gin, he's just like plastered. And um, lures him into the governess heroine's, like the teenagers she's supposed to be um, teaching. Hmm. So that they could have a scandal so that he'd be forced to marry her. And he's like, I am not marrying that girl. Like, I did not kiss her and you can't make me marry her. I am leaving tonight and you people are disgusting and you should be ashamed of yourself. I actually like that. (laughs) And then he's so drunk that he picks up the governess and basically takes her with him. I can't remember why, why but there was a really good reason. Probably because she was prettier than the other girl, which is, like, a bit sad. But I think he, like, thinks that she was very Maybe judgy about him. Maybe she was age-appropriate. Oh, possibly, yeah. Having a yeah. schoolgirl is a bit Um But she, 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 he felt like she was very judgy of him while he was trying to basically reject the flirtation of her ward. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so it kind of goes on from there. Still the best governess romance that I've ever read is going to be Until You by Judith McNaught. My first ever romance novel. I have not best. read. You've never read Until I've, Actually, I've never read Judith McNaught. You need to fuck right off, okay? <laughs> Why the fuck do we even talk to each other if you have never read Judith McNaught? Are you kidding? No. She's a seminal... Romance I don't know author. if I've read her. Like I might have read her when <laughs> no, 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 I might have read her when I was no, 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 when I was a teenager. I just read stuff and I didn't pay attention to what I was re- to who which authors I was reading and what books. So it's possible that I read her in my youth. I went through a stage of that. I did, but Judith McNaught's books were the only books at that that time, and they still are. Where I remember the names of the books, the heroines, and the heroes. Rudy, you can vouch for no, this. No, yeah, I uh, know that this is an issue for me, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember any of the books that, like, any of the the main characters' names. I remember plot points, but that's it, very vaguely. But I can't link them to titles. Judith McNaught's books, I can definitely do that, and that's why I just said "Until You" with Sheridan Bromley and Stephen David Elliott Westmoreland. <laughs> See, it's written on your soul. It is. <laughs> it's imprinted on me. I loved it. Nice. Yeah, you should. I'll have it. to put it on my to be. Yeah, list. if you want like classic historical romance with some classic tropes, like that's original, original. Okay. It's really good. Alyssa Cole, Alyssa Cole, Alyssa Cole. <laughs> four, five, and six on the list. I'm very excited to read. She's those. had a great year. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to hire you as her publicist. <laughs> Because you're so Alyssa good. Cole, I am open to this. <laughs> Get in touch. Have, have your people call my people. Yeah. It'll be great. Do you have people? <laughs> Don't pretend. Not at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah, ambitious. I like that. Um, then when you got to Devil in Spring by Lisa Claypars is number seven. Oh, I've what was my list. note? <laughs> this is actually so good. This is, well, <laughs> she says, this is actually good and you'll like it. Unlike the last one. Yes, because Lisa Claypars has been disappointing me. My God, has it been two books now? Two of her latest books that I didn't like? Yes. How does it, what, what was it? You need to tell it me. It was. The shopping centre one. <laughs> Marrying Winterbourne. Ugh. And then, yeah, that's the one that you really properly hated. It's terrible. Which I did oh, tell you, you did was a mess. I told you it was you a did, mess you and you me. read it anyway because and I, then got angry that it was a mess. She never betrays me and she betrayed me, okay? I was so upset because that heroine, oh my, anyway, let's not get into it. Do you know what is I feel like? Okay, she writes contemporaries as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is my theory, right, about her historicals and where she's at right now. Yeah. You know when you're making pancakes and the first couple are a bit like, like they're edible but they're not they're great? Shitty. But she had 20 books to do that. No, well, but she's because she went to contemporary and now she's like oh, she's starting fresh again. again. Yeah. And so I, I feel like the first two were like the bad pancake books. And we're, and it's we're just as up well, to like good pancake books right now. If she had stuffed up this book, like people would have the legacy would have been. Oh, yeah, it would have been like well into. I, I thought you were going to say like because everyone was really loving this heroine. I could not have cared less. And then I enjoyed the book so much that I do actually care about Pandora. Yeah. Pandora. She's one of the twins. I feel like I may have actually read that. But anyway, I'm going to read it again. You, mentioned- you might just know who she is because of she's in the other books. Who's that? Who's so the, the title is Devil in Spring for those who are trying yes, to follow along. Yeah, well. she read that first, didn't she? <laughs> I did. Did she? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought Keep you said Claypath. Like, can okay. you just? Sorry. Wow. We know what we're doing. Oh my God. Professional podcast. Don't no, It's really rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, number eight is. Oh, but wait, before you go on. Oh. Did you think it lived up to. Um, oh, Devil in Winter. Devil in Winter. Shall I tell you I what I thought? I liked yeah, no, it you tell. 
I like it better. <laughs> Set up the question for Rudy only to take no, the glory because yourself. I've remembered, like, in previous podcasts, you've just, like, not asked me for my opinion. <laughs> I thought I was going to volunteer. Me? I haven't asked you for your opinion. Wow. Wow. Okay. I didn't know I was the head of this podcast channel. It's fine. But I like. Okay. So you liked it better. Well, because I couldn't. I think I read Devil in Winter too late mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get into Sebastian's Shtick. what the fuckery, basically. Yeah. Mm. It's hard for me to separate kind of the nostalgia value of Devil in Winter, but I do think that on a very technical sense, Devil in Spring is a better book. It just is. The romance is developed better. They actually spend some fucking time together and they talk, which <laughs> Devil in Winter, they it, you kind of just have to trust that it's a romance and that they are falling in love because you're told like they yeah, don't the do a lot of the story. Can yeah you, can you just remind remind <laughs> me the plot he, he's Sebastian? the villain he's yeah. the reformed villain from a previous book he, he, tries, to kidnap. he, kidnapped yeah. the he tries to lady. kidnap lillian in yeah. it happened one autumn yeah and then in the next book Evie, who's the redhead who stutters, she goes to him and says, hey, you're clearly desperate to marry somebody. I'm really desperate to get away from my family and I can only do that by marrying somebody. Let's run away yeah, and elope. And so they do that and then, like, you know, it's his redemption through love. Would you recommend a reread of Devil in Winter before you go into Devil You don't Devil really need to. You genuinely I don't did, need though. to. You did? I did, just so that I could compare the two. That's but kind of you, what I'm... I don't think you, you need to. Okay. The only thing about Devil in Spring that I thought could have used a little bit more work was um, the hero was kind of set up to be a scoundrel. But he was just the nicest guy. Like, I don't, yeah. like there was nothing wrong with him. Yeah, so I remember, I remember reading something at the time of it being released where Claypass was kind of talking about he's like the JFK of his family in that there's this legacy and everything that he does is going to be scrutinised and yeah. he's really, he's kind of hypersensitive to the scrutiny and, and like any sort of wrong step he takes is blown out of proportion because of who his father is and because of like all these things, but it's not necessarily who he is. Like if you were to take it out of that, if you were to take him out of that context, he doesn't, he's not a scoundrel at all. I I don't know that she was able to tease that out in the story, but I guess that sort of thinking and characterization Mm. makes sense. And also Sebastian and Evie were so sweet in that book. I know. Yeah, that was quite nice. No, but like, it's like, no, but still it's like, is it good? It's, very lightly handled yeah. okay and it's done well so it's actually i'm quite okay with it because i do feel like lisa claypaz is an author who does that a lot she mm. does revisit her her couples a lot and it's just not something that i'm interested in but if you're saying that she does it well then because also sebastian in his book was so bad that i couldn't quite trust that he was gonna be faithful <laughs> to actually anyway. yeah. yeah so actually this was nice. that's what i mean nice. like he just you it relies on tropes. Devil in, Devil in Winter relies on tropes and it relies on the other books and it carries it through and it does a decent job at it because it, you know, holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. But end of yeah. the day, it's not a technically well-crafted book. Mm. Okay, so number nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Skip number eight. Number eight is The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare. This was, you know, Tessa Dare, I still... Like, I'm still stunned that you had to fight so hard to get me on her side. (laughs) I'm stunned about it because I have loved every single thing that I've read of hers. And, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that it took me so long. It's fine because I feel vindicated now. What was this one like? This one... I read this one. I really love... No, okay, so it's, it's the seamstress... Who um, oh, yes. she's made she's made the wedding she's made a wedding yes, dress yes, yes. and um, all of a sudden the wedding is cancelled and she's put a shit ton of work into this fucking dress that is ugly mm. and she needs to get paid so she she puts it on and she rocks up to the door of the duke who was meant to be getting married and is like dude you need to pay me like this is right why does she like, wear it though <laughs> I don't know I think it's for effect drama um. <laughs> Turns out he actually quite desperately does need to get married. Um, so he is like, well, you're here. <laughs> um, is that and that she does. She's done that before. She yeah. did that with the one out the window where it was like, yeah, okay, she's good enough. I'll get her. Yeah. <laughs> or like um, in the tavern or something. Um, yeah, the, the Spindle Cove one. Um, it was a Duchess any Duchess one. will do. Any Duchess will do. 
into it. Well, into what it. is what's it beautiful about it, and it's kind of it's similar to any Duchess will do will do in that her heroine is like like she she's not fucking around. Like she's like, do you know what? Yeah, I I will marry you because I need to get out of this shitty <laughs> because I need like I yeah I like that. That sounds amazing. Okay, she's I'm like, excited to read that. Number nine, take the lead, Alexis Daria. I like your note on this one. It said, it was fine, but not great for me, but I feel like you might enjoy it more. This is how you, everyone needs a Rudy in their life. This is what I'm saying. (laughs) Every single person in the world needs someone who is going to recommend them books. This honestly and like effectively. It's like, I didn't like it, but I know your reading tastes so well. I reckon you're going to like it more. Did you, have you read this one, Kat? No. You actually might also enjoy it, but I'm, I'm not super across <laughs> how, like, we're not quite is as compatible. It is. So it's the first in a series and it's, it's set in kind of a, like, oh, what, what's the show where there's the Dancing celebrity? with the Stars? Yes. It's like Ooh. a Dancing with the Stars kind of thing. And so the heroine is the professional dancer. And the hero is the star and he's a reality TV star um, who's like a wilderness expert type person. Oh, like, like Bear, Bear Grylls. Grylls. Yeah. But also gross because Bear Grylls drinks his own pee. Yeah. See, he's not that extreme. Okay, okay. He's just like rugged wilderness mountain man. So just conveniently. And yeah. Rugged. Just like conveniently. Not legitimately rugged. <laughs> he's a hiker. Yeah, aesthetically <laughs> rugged. He just, he just chops wood shirtless. All right. Oh, like, that's all he does. <laughs> That's what the show is. It's like cutting open camels and sleeping in so their insides. It's this weird, like he he's part of this weird reality show that is like his whole family and he's one of the sons where, you know, they all kind of live in this sort of middle of nowhere, Alaska, and he's really not interested in being a star and he's really not interested in reality TV, but he's kind of being coerced because... It's a family business. Basically. It's the family business and his mum is sick and they need money to pay for her treatment so he's going along with it very unwillingly meanwhile the heroine like this is she's taking it very seriously because it's her job Mm. and she's looking to build her career Mm. the part that didn't work for me is that it's really hard I now know it's really hard for me to read about reality tv and it's also really hard for me to read dancing books that's what I thought I find it hard to read dancing books too Mm. why are you a dancer too well, I yes. wouldn't consider myself a dancer but you do, in the but you do thing of Rudy. Still. But I know enough to kind of be annoyed at things that. Don't I mean, sound I think right. that I think it sounded right. I just, I just get frustrated. Like, uh, yeah. I don't like dance metaphors. So when the dancing becomes more than dancing, I'm like, seriously, people, it's just true. bloody dance. <laughs> <laughs> but there was the there was some really like more. interesting kind of moments. Like he sees her dance with somebody who does know what they're doing, and he realizes that actually, like oh, that's what it's supposed to look like when Mm. it's done well. And she's actually doing a shit ton of work when she dances with me because she's having to lead without looking like she's leading. And I was like, yes, because I've had really frustrating partners that don't know how to lead and I've had to lead subtly. you lead, Rudy? (laughs) I lead subtly (laughs) if I need to. She does what needs to be done. (laughs) I'm sure you do too. No, No. I just don't (laughs) dance with them again. But also I'm a shit follower, so it doesn't really matter. All of, the, all of these leading following, I don't know, I don't dance. But um, Ainsley Payton wrote Grease Monkey Jive and I enjoyed that. The dancing there didn't bother me. But then I think she's a... she's a dancer. She's low, yeah, she, she, she's a boring dancer. No. Grease Monkey Jive, like what the like? What do you expect me I to think, think? But they do, it was like a traditional ballroom dancing, yeah. Oh, really? And mm. a surfer. Yes. See, I don't think I could get into that. I don't think I like the idea of a surfer. I don't think a surfer... And this is my own prejudice. <laughs> I don't think a surfer is someone that I could connect with. I'm with you. Are you there? Yeah. yeah. I don't See, know. I don't know like many surfers, so to me it's like a very romanticised type Australian fantasy. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that inherent whiteness in surfing. Do you think that's what it is? I, I know for me that's white. what it is. No, it's not. Like, But it's like we're not but in Hawaii like, where, you know, surfing. But because, oh, of, right. because of where I'm from. It is an inherently white thing to do, mm. and just I don't know very many surfers that I like. can stand. Yeah, fair call. <laughs> fair call. Um, okay, making our way to the next one. Ten, the Doctor's Discretion by E. E. Ottoman. You haven't read it yet, but you're going to start. What are you doing? Recommending me books that you haven't even read yet? It sounded so you interesting. Do, like, so dueling read. Well, we still need to do that for our J Award one. So yeah, we we've got we've, we've got a few. We've got, we've a, got few a few. Like which is actually this is the best mm. time to do it. By the way, coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So my condolences <laughs> is to you both. I feel like I had 
a nightmare about J.R. Ward the other night. I actually just... nearly put the J.R. Ward book on your list just to be like. You actually should have. <laughs> I might. I'll she'll, update yeah, it. She'll be number 18 because I swear <laughs> to God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I feel like I've had some time away from her and I'm ready to reconnect. But you had a dream about I feel like I had a dream about her. I don't know. Just talking about her now is bringing up really like. You know when you have a dream about something and you can't remember the dream, but the the idea of that thing gives you anxiety? Just kind of lingers in it, yeah. Either it mm-hmm. was a dream or it's just PTSD from my last experience <laughs> of reading. <laughs> knowing that knowing that it's going to come back. Yeah, because that fucking bourbon series. It was the worst. Dear Jesus. I'm so scared. Is that finished? No, we've got no. one more to read. Oh, yeah. well, I'm really scared. It's going to be bad. Is it going to be a TV series? Oh, no. They can't put that level of abuse or misogyny in a TV series. It will never make the cut. What I think there's that? space for it. Oh, yeah, touche. But seriously, it's very um, – I'm very scared to go back because what's her What's her name? Ginny? Gin, Winnie? Gin. Is it Ginny? It's Gin. Gin. How do you spell that? G-I-N. <laughs> it quite literally is because it's Virginia and it's shortened to Gin. And that was – look, if you – read... you remember names. Oh, no, sweet. because – all right, this one. Because I found it incredibly amusing that the Bourbon King has named oh, their yeah. daughter Gin. I was just like, okay. I think she was probably trying to be funny. Do you reckon? I don't think she noticed. Anyway, I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm just scared about um, where her story is going because what I last read of hers was traumatic. It was. And this was a year ago and I'm still traumatized by the fact that there was a romanticization of like her fucking violent, of all the violence that was happening to her. There was no compassion to her situation. And her hero, because I know they're going to end up together and it makes me feel sick, is pure evil like he seems like a fucking sociopath because to disconnect yourself so much and to be that self-centered and be that centered on your own kind of emotional uh needs that you don't even consider someone else how can you be a human being yeah he was he was disgusting he sees he sees her being abused and he's like well, that's what she gets, doesn't she? For being it honestly bitch. feels like an eighties. That's exactly it is. Side. Yeah, no, we it's, it's essentially it feels way. it feels like Dallas. Yeah, but like worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the main character, like, what's his face? The baby, oh, Beijing um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, is that Lane? Oh, fuck. Is it? Is that yeah, his Lane. name? It is yeah. Lane. And then I can't remember the girl's name because I was like, Lane is the name of either the hero or heroine. Oh. I think she also has this weird gender neutral name. <laughs> she does. Not yeah. that gender neutral names are weird, but just that she is weird herself because she's also beige. They're just beige. They're so beige, it's the worst. Anyway, so we're looking okay. forward to that. Okay, mm. um the eleven number eleven is The Ruin of a Rake by Kat Sebastian. Oh, so the past two books that I recommended to you, they're both MM. MM historical. The Ruin of a Rake is MM historical? Yes, oh my God. and so is the doctor's discretion. Can I just say how much I've been needing to read MM recently because I've been so into this K-pop, K-drama world and I've been shipping all these boys together and the fact that there's no realisation of their love for each other is really unsatisfying. So I'm just like wishing these boys to be in love like, and they're never going to be in love because, I don't know, the world doesn't love me that way, okay, and I'm cursed. <laughs> So thank you for recommending that. You're welcome. Um, number 12, Three Little Words by Melissa Blue. Yeah, okay. So this this is part of her hashtag Dirty Geek series. Um, and it is, I want to say, the third book in it. Is he a dirty geek? Um, he is. Hot. Is the geekiness um, it's, true to life? Like, give me, yeah, so give me an example. where uh, Have you ever read a hero where the geekiness was true to life? Okay, I'm thinking of Courtney Milan. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were geeky. Yeah. That last one. What was that one? I probably haven't read that all one. All in it or in it all. All in me. Hold me. <laughs> <laughs> Trade me and hold me. No, that's the one I had to had to put down and I mean to go back to it, but I just haven't. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, so with this series, all of the heroes are friends and they each have like their own like pop culture thing that they're like obsessive about. If you're part of the fandom of whichever fandom she kind of integrates into each book, it does help, but it's not entirely necessary. Are any of them like Star Wars or Star Trek? Because on Wednesday night I went to go see um, the midnight session of Star Wars. Okay, no spoilers. No spoilers, but okay. can I just say it was actually a really annoying cinema experience purely because of... <laughs> 
the type of people that were in the cinema with me. And I understand fandom. Like, I love fandom. But I think what annoys me is men in fandom because mm. male fandom is I'm really... I'm a better fan than you are. Well, it's exclusionary. It's I know the jokes better than you. I know the history more than you. I'm going to laugh really, really loud because I get the joke. It's funnier to me because I'm a bigger fan than you. Like, to laugh like that in the cinema is really annoying. And it was just a cinema full of that, of men trying to out-laugh each other. And also trying to, like, make quips about what's happening in the thing it's like oh nice shot it's like that's a nightmare stop we're in a cinema like <laughs> when people talk in the cinema it's, it's so just the worst. but also to make it loud enough as if you're a spectator and this is a spectator sport as if not. they're my friend and i actually want to know what their opinion is zero of this movie. i yeah. zero want to know it was really annoying so as long as they're yeah. not like that no so they're not like that and in fact the very first one which is kind of novella length um the heroine is equally as into the fandom that so it's they fandom talk about. Geekery. It well, I mean, they they all actually work in sort of geekery kind of professions as well. One is a um, professor. So so one is, is yeah. Like so one's a <laughs> is one a penetration test. I really want to read a good penetration testing. I, I'm going to say the, no because I don't know what that is, what, and I've definitely like a, read these books. An ethical hacker. Oh, oh, it's a, not about having sex. Well, see, that's why I want to I thought to it was drilling. So that I can, can have lots of... Like, I was thinking drilling. I thought it was, let's see how much we can penetrate Yeah, I want, like, vagina. lots of puns around penetration <laughs> testing. And it's Amazing. Just, Look, I'll keep an eye out. Like, I'll, I'm not sure. But, yeah, so one of them is a, he's got multiple PhDs and it's just kind of boy genius. There's another one who does work in tech although what it specifically is I can't quite remember because those details just gloss over me like I'm like oh computers (laughs) okay so my one of my colleagues about a couple of weeks ago I was sitting at my desk and I I stretched out my feet and my heel got hooked on like a cord that was under the desk and I accidentally pulled it out with my foot so I had to spend like a half hour sitting under my desk trying to figure out where the plug (laughs) went (laughs) But afterwards, he was like, with with the greatest amount of like love, he said to me, "I really love working with you. You make me feel competent." Oh my god! <laughs> and I was just wow. like, "Oh my god, that's just yeah." That's such a. I mean, I I felt I felt that knife in my heart, but at the same time, it is my anymore. it's my actual favorite thing he's ever said to me. <laughs> I love him. Forever. I love him forever. <laughs> So number 13 is Sheltered by Charlotte Stein, mm. who is an author that I've been meaning to try but still have not. And same with number 14, which is Karen McKenna, After Hours. You've been trying to get me to read Alona Andrews. Yes, who is so 15. 15. Yeah, uh, and that's Legacy, a trilogy. But listen, I totally... when you say trilogy, you're saying same couple over three books. Yes. yes. You know that I fucking hate that. I do know that. Just treat them as one big book. That sounds disgusting to me. One big book? <laughs> who reads one big book? <laughs> big books suck. I like small books, 350 pages. That's my limit. It's not the size of the book. It's the quality of the story. Anyway, I hate that you love puns so much. Um, So then you've got A Duke in Shining Armor, which is number 16 by Loretta Loretta Chase. You said the pacing is terrible. So, but please, how can you put Claypass and Chase in the same list and expect me to, like, keep track of this properly? It's very obvious who is who. I know. I keep forgetting. Anyway, it actually, you are such a bad... Who wrote the ones with the dressmakers? Is that Chase or Claypass? Chase? Chase. I haven't read those ones. You don't need to. Well, no, one of them was really good. Yeah, but the one with the painting. The one with the painting. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I got angry at someone recently for saying to me, oh, is it like a Loretta Chase? Like hit and miss, and I was just like, "How dare you get out?" But it's I do true. exactly the same thing. It's true, though. It's like I can say it, but you can't. Do you know, um, Duke of, Duke of Scoundrel, Lord of Scoundrels, was that Lord of Scoundrels? Yeah, that her? that's, that's her. her. And that was number one on um, All About Romance. Is that for one? so long? Is that the for one so where she shoots him? Mm. Yes. Yeah. The ending of that book is. Can the I most actually just say? Book, I could ending. not get into it. Loretta Chase is an author who is pretty much missed for me. I haven't. I think there was one. Mr. That Impossible, I really, really though. liked. 
I think Mr. Impossible was the one that I liked, but I was really stunned that Lord of Scoundrels was at the top of that list because when I was in high school, that list was my guidebook. Same. For recommendations. Like before I had you as my guidebook, Rudy. <laughs> like that list was my guidebook. I'd go to likesbook.com. when I was in high school, so I feel really old. Was, well, no, like it was 2000. It must no, don't even say the year anymore. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> But even, no, during university as well. But they only, I think they've stopped doing it. I think they've stopped doing that list. I think it's every two years. Yeah, because it's a big list, and mm. but usually it's the same contenders. Well, yeah, I, I went through a phase where I would try and get through the entire 100. Some of them were pretty like, um, But it, it becomes life, Well, also, it becomes quite easy after a couple of years because it doesn't change up a huge amount. Yeah, I think the only ones that I haven't read from there are, like, the classics. Because <laughs> the classics have made There's a lot of um, Georgette Hire that I've not bothered yes, with. Yes, oh, I can't get same, through So Yeah, the pacing of this book is just a nightmare. If I can find the time, I'll write a review for you. But like my short version of that review is, so the book sort of starts on the day of the wedding of the heroine. Yeah, She's supposed to be marrying this dude and the hero of this book is his best friend. What are they called? Groomsman. That's the word I wanted to say. Like, you know, like a male maid of honor. <laughs> best man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so he's he's the best man. Yeah. Um, and he's the know. hero. Don't you think anyway. that's a very dickish thing to do? Well, yeah, I mean, love. that's the whole haven't kind of... Haven't we learned about that? Like, haven't we learned that love is love? Isn't that what romance is about? Like, no matter what, if you're stepbrothers or stepsisters or real brothers and sisters, love is love. Okay. I'm very sure it never goes into real brothers and sisters, but... Oh, well, there Excuse was the wild. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so she she gets drunk and runs away from the wedding, which is, and it's kind of beautiful. The reason it's called A Duke in Shining Armour is because there's this moment where, like, she needs to kind of get over this fence and it's a bit too high and she's like I am a damsel in distress and you are supposed to be a knight in shining armor and like fucking do your job Mm. so he helps her escape and he thinks it's all going to be like a bit of a laugh and because clearly his friend hasn't done the job of wooing her properly and maybe he needs to put a little bit more effort in their journey from escaping from the wedding to getting to somewhere with a chaperone which takes place over one day like it's not even it is, is a matter book? of hours, and I swear to God, it must be half the book. Can I just say, isn't that – I feel like that's actually classic romance. I feel like that's like you know, those 80s romance. There was a lot that were like that where so much of the story was just over one or two days. It was But so, this isn't so days. This is an hour – like this is a couple of hours. So it's okay. And I just kept being like, are we still – like <laughs> is it not nightfall yet? Like <laughs> where, is, where is the moon? <laughs> Um, I did think that the title was an ode to Jude mm. Devereaux, A Knight in Shining Armour, which was the I best. I mean, it might still be. Which time I, still have, which I also have not read, but I've read the ending. And I need then you decided to, not to get read. out of this room right now. <laughs> sorry, I'm it sorry. Is, what, it was the first time travel romance. I think if I'd read it when I was a teen, I would have probably was loved it. Was it the first? Did I just make up that fact? I have no idea. I'm going to. Do you know I'm what? Probably, Let's stand by it. Yeah. It is the first time travel romance ever written in the history of time. And fuck, it was so amazing. She doesn't even end up with the dude she falls in love with, and she just meets. Anyway, I'm not gonna spoil it. But it's so good, so good. Well, I, I know, went to I say so good. Ending. I actually I'm, I read the ending. <laughs> I don't like it. I like that you got caught up with my enthusiasm. <laughs> I did. Though. I was ready to just break. I her. really did. It's just habit it. at this point. Oh, but you know what still breaks my heart? That Jude Devereaux writes women's fiction now. Like it actually is a knife in my heart. She was. Have you ever read Sweet Liar? No. I haven't read you, Deborah. Sweet Liar was part of like that Taggart Montgomery series, but it was moving from a historical to contemporary settings and it was always marry the one who can tell the twins apart. Oh, yeah, that yeah. I like Sweet, that trope. I actually fucking loved it so much. And the Taggart, I don't even remember his first name. I just remember that he was a Taggart and the opening scene was him sweating. Like it was, he, he's in New York City and he was just playing basketball and he's come up to the porch of where this woman has tried to move into his house and he's all sweaty and his eyes are sparkling and his hair's like tousled all over his face and he's got like these, this, um, his arms are showing cause he's in this rich sweatshirt and that image is so vivid to me and I still am in love with him. I don't know his name and he doesn't <laughs> exist, but she wrote it so well. No, but I love, I love when there's books where it's got that like vivid scene that you can just... There are a couple of authors that do that for me, and I will go back to those books mm. over and over. Kinsale did that with uh, For My Lady's Heart. When I read it as an adult, there was a scene, I think, when the hero becomes, uh, he's got claustrophobia and has to go in a cave mm. for her. And I was like, I have definitely read this book before. Could not remember anything else about the book, but I just remember that one scene, maybe because I'm also claustrophobic. Yeah, and it sticks. 
that series or book or author who capitalizes Texas in all her books? Do you know who she is? Capitalizes Texas. Sorry? Yeah. Isn't that Texas. every single author? No, like Texas in all caps. Oh, T-E-X-A-S. Yeah. Like, oh, like Texaco. What? I don't know, but Texas. Like in her book, every time Texas <laughs> is mentioned, oh, it's like, like she in writes Texas in, in all caps. Yeah. Every time. Because I thought she was yeah. like, like capital T. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I thought too. I was like, that's just, how, that's just how English she, works. Here we go. She's going to be like, I'm an ESL student. Stop making like, fun I do of me. know how to punctuate <laughs> sentences. Thank you very much. Um, I have no like, idea who that author is. Oh my God. I've never heard of that. Someone, knows. No Someone knows. Someone knows. And they all there, tell us on Twitter. Cat. Thank you very please, much in advance. Please, please, please. The last uh, one on Rudy's list that she's given me, which I'm excited for, is The Day of the Duchess by Sarah McLean. I do love Sarah McLean. I don't know if I've read that series, though. You'll have to I've tell heard, me if I've read okay. I've heard good things about this book. I think I tried to buy this book, but it was horrendously expensive or not oh. available in Australia. Or maybe that was Joe Bourne. Because they all sound the same. Does Duchess, Joe Bourne Duke. released a book this year? Not that I know of. Okay. I Look, we'll double check that. Um, but so this is the series that's about the sisters that are the soiled S's. Soiled S's. Yeah. So all of the sisters have names that start with S. Sophie, Serafina. Um, oh, yeah. Like that sort of thing. It's like me and my sisters. Um, yeah. Actually, oh, that's what. Mine too. Oh. But oh, yeah. True. Case. Um, I'm the odd one out in my family. Everybody is an S except for, like, all the all the kids are You're S's adopted. except for. <laughs> well, that just got dark. <laughs> so the reason I said don't read this unless you're kind of already into this series yeah. is that the heroine of this, it, so this is a second chance romance. In the very first book, which I think is Sophie's book, The Rogue Not Taken, um, oh, what a title. I love it. Yeah. I actually oh, she hate does... the titles of these books because I hate puns <laughs> and you're an idiot for liking them. I don't know what kind of person you are, Gabby. She, yeah, so Gabby unnatural. Puns unnatural. are the lowest form of humour. I love them. Love <laughs> Gabby them. hates puns and she also hates unnecessarily wrong, uh, long titles, which is the other thing oh, that Sarah does. Um, I can't remember Oh, yeah, that. Nine Ways to Reform It. Really. Sorry, Nine Rules to Break. I was just making um, it up. I wasn't an exact it's literally. Title. <laughs> you know that you can't test Rudy. Anyway, no. um, anyway, so in the very first book, Sophie, the, that heroine, she kind of causes this whole scandal because she sees her brother-in-law disrespecting her sister, and she, you know, she causes scene and she kind of pushes him into a pond, water fountain, something to that effect. I um, mean, in front of like shit ton of people, and then you know, she's kind of. She gets in trouble for that, and so she thinks that she's running home, but she's actually accidentally in the wrong carriage, and she ends up on the road with a rogue, and it's a whole thing. This book is about the sister mm-hmm. and and her husband. He he has been having an affair. Um, she's run away from him, and that's where the book picks up. Like she she turns up at Parliament demanding a divorce. Oh. And it's a, it's, it's very kind of, um, it's not a linear timeline. It's also as a hero, he is truly like, he's coming from a really hard place to be redeemed. Like oh, so it the is, hero is the husband. Yeah. No, the husband who cheats. Yes. Oh, so he. That's a fucking that. deal breaker. I can't uh-huh. that. Yeah. That's her well, deal. That's your deal breaker, isn't it? It's, it. Well, I'm like it, it just, curious. it's. So Actually, I, now I wasn't that I'm a super... bit older, I might be able to read it. But, like, like on it... principle, I don't want to read it. Yeah. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, but this is the thing. Like, it is it is a hard book to get through for a bunch of reasons. And when I was reading it, I like, I trust Sarah McLean. Like, I, I absolutely trust that she's going to give me a happily ever after mm. um, and that she's going to do right by me. And I still couldn't get through it without flipping to the end and double checking that it all ends happily and how it ends happily. You never do that. That's a very cat thing to do. Like it just, it it made me really anxious, but it, the ending is worth it. The ending is worth the pain, but there is a shit ton of pain. Like I would only read this book because you recommended it. But like it's, it is hard work and everyone I've spoken to who's read it, all of us have cried. All of us said the same thing about being truly anxious that it was going to go wrong. And in fact, I know that Sarah rewrote the ending before publishing it because she had an ending. Trump won 
the presidency and she went, nah, I can't have my hero be this person. And she went back and changed the book to kind of reshape and I think remove some of the toxicity of of him as a who he was, yeah. yeah. And even then, it's still and even a hard and slog. even then, it's very hard going. But I found it really interesting, and I I also I quite enjoyed it. In that, if you want if you want a book that's going to make you cry, like this is the book. Like I don't want to I don't want to cry, but I it does sound that's good. To... Like I love I love a book that's going to make me cry. Like you probably don't cry in your personal life. That's probably why. Like. <laughs> Because I'm emotionally <laughs> Yeah, like. And I need, I, I need. Oh my God. fingers are like anxiously <laughs> oh, This is so, oh my God. <laughs> Maybe I'm Emma Thompson from Love Actually. Like I, I needed to be taught by like a Joni Mitchell, which in this case is people like Courtney <laughs> Milan and <laughs> Sarah McLean and, oh and Alicia Wright. How to feel. How to feel again. <laughs> oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's so, so beautiful. I just wanted to butt in to let you know that Joe Bourne did have a book out could this she? year called Beauty Like the Night, and it came out in May. Is so you can add that to your list. Yeah, well, can you um, it's it in the Spy Masters series. Yes, I love the Spy Masters. Oh, well, and I'm gonna have the to hero catch up. is half Spaniard. Art into okay. it, into it. That's it for our first episode of 2018. Just a quick correction: I mentioned The Wild as a book that features brother-sister romance. That wasn't quite right. It actually features a father-daughter relationship. Yes, the less said about that, the better. Our audio producer, Rudy Bremer, has been amazing as always. So my thanks to her. You can find the show notes for this episode, number 49, at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. Rudy would like to remind you that the reading list we went through in the episode was specifically for Gabby. So please... uh, Take that as you will and adjust for your reading preferences. If you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. This helps other listeners like you find the show. We had some fantastic feedback on our previous episode featuring Gio Gahol and his, frankly, life-changing reading from How to Tame Your Tik Balang Without Even Trying by Alma Anona Scarpio. I want to give a shout out to H. Bentham, Veron, April, Faye, Katrina, Tara, Chachik and Mina for their live tweets of the episode. And props to anyone who defied our not safe for work warning, especially if you had an involuntary reaction in public. And don't forget, we're still accepting your readings of favorite scenes in romance. We have grand plans for these, so please send them through to podcast at bookthingo.com.au or post them on Twitter, YouTube and Instagram and tag us at bookthingo so we don't miss them. If you're not sure how to record a reading, check out the Bookthingo blog where we have posted some options for you on how to do this. In the next episode, a long-awaited guest finally joins us on the podcast. Vasily Veros is a librarian, academic and avid reader of Category Romance. She's also one of my dearest friends and I can't wait to share our conversation with you. In the meantime, please visit us at bookthingo.com.au and have a fabulous fortnight of reading.